You're listening to Global Conversations. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Global Conversations podcast. My name is Claude Gallette, and this is the first interview in a series on MGA2's experiences abroad during their internships. Today, we'll be speaking with Kix, who spent the summer in Myanmar. Kix, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your experience? Well, my name is Kix, Kix McRae. I am an MGA2. Uh, I spent the summer in Myanmar. Um, before I came to the Monk program, I was teaching in Japan for three years, and then before that, I was working in advertising. Uh, so when I was living in Japan, I, I kind of developed an interest in politics because they have these big uh, vans that drive around and they shout out political messages. So they do that for a lot of things. There's people who are campaigning for office, and then there's a lot of right, uh, radical right-wing groups that drive around in these black vans with very, uh, like, all-caps phrases written in Japanese on the side, and they kind of shout, like, uh, kind of isolationist, conservative messages uh, out of the window. And then at the same time, I saw a documentary on how the Yakuza uses the conservative parties in Japan to hide. Uh, so I've had a really big interest in politics in East Asia, especially once I started working with my students, because you see really interesting social tensions arise between students of like mixed descent. So you'll have one of my students would be Japanese, one would be Japanese Korean, and another one would be purely Chinese who'd immigrated to Japan. And you would see that come out in little things in conversation. So it just really intrigued me the way that the politics influence behavior, the elections, things like that. And so that's kind of how I shifted to thinking I would study um, IR, global affairs. And then I left Japan and I was like, time to go back to school. And that's what I did. And here I am. So I spent the summer in Myanmar working for uh, International IDEA, um, which is International Institute for Democracy and Electoral Assistance. Uh, and they do a whole lot of different things. Um, they have country offices all over the world, but they're headquartered in Sweden. You know, with the research that proves that the establishment of democracy improves welfare and GDP and all of that, their goal is purely to help countries establish democracy, but it's very core to their identity that democracy is an individual thing. It's a custom tailored garment, if you will. So all they can do is assist by providing information and research um, where it's needed, but it's not their job or their place to step in and create anything. It's purely up to the governments of that country. And it's offered through the school. Uh, and the the head of office, the head of mission, um, Mark McDowell, is a U of T alum. So I think he looks for his, his interns either here or at a school that is in a member state. Um, and yeah, I just, I applied for it because I, I wanted to do something a little bit unusual or, you know, outside of my comfort zone and, uh, got a call back and did an interview and it went really well. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's how I found it. The pace of the work in Southeast Asia is quite different from North America or, or Europe, I, for sure. Uh, and that was something to adjust to. It's a lot more laid back. Uh, and that was something that I think people who had been there for a while expressed frustration with. Um, but it, it gave me lots of time to uh, adjust and assimilate into the workplace. So on an average day, um, I would get there anywhere from 8.30 to 10, depending on my workload. And I might leave anywhere from 4 to 5.36. 
Um, and my biggest deliverable was newsletters. So I, that required a lot of chasing people around the way lots of journalism and communication work. You, you're reaching out to people constantly and they're kind of avoiding you and you get in their face again and you say, hey, I still need that thing from you. So I spent a good portion of my days um, hunting information down. So either looking for research, looking for interesting story ideas. Um, I basically produced a newsletter for our member states uh, embassies and reported on all of the goings on in the Myanmar office specifically. Uh, and then I also wrote a few articles for the General International Idea website on what was going on in Myanmar and the Asia Pacific region. So it, the, each day was 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 pretty different, the content of it, but either way I was coming into the office and I was usually sitting at my desk and writing or uh, reading some information and uh, it doesn't sound too exciting when I describe it that way. It's just like, oh, you're you're going to an office and you're doing something. But um, it was, I would say, valuable. Um, but my goal when I went was to bridge my communications experience with my interests in IR, and I do think that it was very good for that. Before I before I left during my initial interview, Mark. I mean, I really appreciate Mark because he was very upfront about everything, and he even said he's like, "I'm not sure how much value you will get because you have you already have traditional work experience, so that aspect of it will not be new to you." Um, but the part where I was using a skill that I already had with my communications background and seeing how that job changes when you're talking about a different subject or dealing with a new set of information was really useful. Um, and so in that way, even though I was doing something I was used to, I think I was easily able to find new areas of interest. It didn't get boring in that sense. I think the most frustrating thing was probably, again, that thing about the work pace being slower because I'm the kind of person that I think I thrive most when I've got lots of things to do. And so sometimes I might email someone early in the day and they wouldn't get back to me until the next day over something very small and my whole day is kind of halted around it there was there's not like a a sense of urgency around very many things but then at the same time it's kind of what i signed up for in learning about a new work environment we're in like working in another country and i have enough experience having been in other countries that it wasn't surprising i was just like oh this is something i need to adjust to um the the thing that's easiest to talk about is the culture shock and i definitely it definitely depends on the person um but i w i don't know that i would advise someone who's never been out of the country to start there so i think i was quite lucky in that i'd lived in another country and that even outside of that i'd traveled enough that i was prepared for the culture shock and i know what that feels like so a lot of people think that culture shock is that thing of when you first get there and everything's so new and different but culture shock is actually once that feeling of excitement has worn off and things are just different and you don't find it cute and you don't find it engaging and you're just like i hate this so if you're not used to that feeling then it can really sneak up on you and you'll think that something's wrong with you or that everything is wrong with this place. You need to know what's happening to know what to do with that. So the amount of culture shock someone experiences will probably depend on their gender and their race because like most places, the majority of foreigners are white men. So if you're a white guy in Myanmar, you're not gonna cause that much of a stir. Whereas me being a black woman and having the hair that I do, which is very specific, get a lot of looks not always respectful engagement 
I do think that has a, a big impact on the way that I interacted with people. Um, and I was fortunate that there were people there to witness that because sometimes people would tell me, I have never seen someone act that way. Like at some point I, I went on a short trip with the other intern in the office. And when we got back at the bus station, we were kind of, there were lots of people and lots of cab drivers waiting for everyone to get off the bus, but we were particularly mobbed in a, and I would say quite an intimidating way. And we ended up paying way more for a cab than we should have because I was just like, I need to get the hell out of here. And the other intern was like, yeah, yeah, let's just get in the cab. And afterwards she was just like, I am like, I'm very surprised that this is like how people interact with you. This is how people react to you. Cause you're just like, I don't know. I don't think that you look that unusual. And I'm like, no, but that's just part of it. Um, there's, I mean, outside of just the work culture being different and figuring out what that means, the big thing is like the building of relationships through sharing personal information is very different. You don't make friends in the same way. So I am quite an open, like heart to heart, kind of like our feelings, let's talk about our feelings kind of person. So in a society where that's not what you lead with, I struggled a lot with like, how do I make friends if I'm not talking about my feelings? Uh, that and then anything to do with food because I keep telling people I did not I was probably I felt somewhat ill for the majority of the summer which it's easy enough for me to push past that but I know the wrong person would have been like I'm done I'm leaving so definitely at the beginning of your internship you want to think about what it is you'd like to accomplish you may not know exactly what that looks like you can maybe meet with your supervisor and say I'd like to make a plan and you'll get emails prompting you to do this from the school um, especially if you don't have a lot of work background. Um, same thing as when, like I said, in the interview, don't be afraid to ask those questions. Once you're there, don't be afraid of your supervisor, right? Like tell them, I would like to learn more. I'd like to do things that are unusual or kind of push to see how much you can learn from this, how much you can explore from this. Cause I think my most interesting experiences came from me asking about, oh, what's this and what's that? And like, we have an office in Naypyidaw and what goes on there and what can I do? And then eventually I got to go to Naypyidaw and see how that works and sit in on a, on a steering committee meeting. And even in that, I was able to learn a lot about the dynamics of how these organizations interact with the government there. Um, and I, I wouldn't have gotten those opportunities if I hadn't proactively sought them out, like expressed things uh, of interest um, and let people know that I was curious about what they do. And sometimes you will need to be aggressive about that because uh, people settle into their roles and they might assume that no one's interested. They don't, they don't know you and what you're interested in. So just in general, you'll need to be a bit more aggressive uh, than you would need to be in school where they offer things up to you. They're like, hey, here's everything that you have that you can do you'll have to be more aggressive about seeking those opportunities out and trying to make the most of them. I mean, people can be hesitant to ask, really ask questions, really kind of grill the person that they're doing the interview with out of fear that the interviewer won't like it. But it's really important to remember that an interview is a two-way interaction. You, It's important that you ask questions about assimilating about adjusting about the work about the work style um 
language barriers, the difficulties they anticipate that you'll encounter, what kind of person thrives in this given environment. Because once you get there, there's there's no going back. You I, I you have to complete your internship. So I would just really encourage anyone who's generally unsure that in the interview process, ask the hard questions. Like you can't be afraid because if you end up somewhere and you hate it or you don't find it beneficial or it's uncomfortable, at that point, there's not much that can be done. You have to do as much as you can upfront. Um, and then just trying to be as honest with yourself as possible about the types of things that you like and enjoy. Um, once you're actually there, everything that you do that makes sense over here, when you move it, a lot of it's not going to make sense. And that's not necessarily your fault. It's not their fault, but you have to deal with it. You just really want to think about if the internships that you're looking at are at all an area of interest for you. I think a lot of people will see like the cool locations like, oh, this one's in Paris or this one's in like this really cool city. And they'll gravitate to those because they're in a place they think looks good on a resume or they're at an organization that's got a big name. And that's not the point. It's of no use if you're at the OECD, but you hate it and you can't use it. Right. So I would just encourage you not to be distracted by that. And then also in the interview process, they can usually tell if you care at all about what they're doing. So as terrifying as it may be, like I need to find an internship, just focus more on the things that you're interested in, because I applied to a lot of internships. Like I know some people only applied to a couple and the only ones that actually got, got back to me were the ones that I was like genuinely interested in, because that shows in your resume and in your cover letter and in your interview when you get one, you know? So I could go on and on for that about, the, about that for a while because I like to advise. Well, thank you so much for your advice. Um, I found it really insightful, Kix. Um, thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your experiences. And it's been a pleasure. I want to say thank you to everyone for listening to this episode of Global Conversations. Um, thank you again to Kix, and we'll see you next time.